All around the world, people are floundering. There's something missing, something more that they just can't grasp. Do you feel it too? Welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast. Every week, host Kevin Monroe will help you navigate to your true north and flourish in faith, business, and life. You found us for a reason. Stay tuned to find out why. You're listening to the Higher Purpose Podcast. And you know what? I'm really glad you are. And I consider it a privilege that you invite me into your life with every episode we share. If you're new to the podcast, and many of you are, as we've had record downloads in recent weeks, let me extend you my personal welcome. However you found us, I am thrilled you did, and I hope you'll continue listening and continue receiving value as you listen. And I look forward to the time when we actually get to do this in some kind of face-to-face format, not just over the airways. From day one, in episode one of this podcast, I pledge to follow three principles. Number one, keep it real and be authentic. Number two, make it practical and applicable. Now, honestly, sometimes that's easier said than done since we're exploring a topic like higher purpose that's at its core philosophical and existential. But purpose is extremely practical and relevant to life on a daily basis. So that's my my goal. Keep it practical. Number three, to enjoy the journey. And there are two elements of that, the aspect of joy and the concept of journey. And in the pursuit of purpose is a journey. I believe it's a lifelong journey. I believe you're already on that journey, even if you have no idea what your purpose is. You're on that journey. And this journey produces much joy as we go. So in keeping with these three principles, I want to invite you to join me for what's kind of like a fireside chat about this journey that we call the Higher Purpose Podcast. And I got to tell you, This has been the most grueling, difficult, time-consuming episode yet for me to produce. Our production team can attest to that. And here's why. It all comes back to honoring these three principles that I just mentioned and pledged to honor with the podcast. Earlier today, I realized that's where and why I've been struggling to record this episode. It's around the issues of keeping it real and being authentic. And I had tempted to skirt a couple of issues or take a shallow approach to to what really is a deep topic. So instead, I'm balancing my commitment to keep it real and being authentic with my desire to be open and vulnerable, yet at the same time respect boundaries, both yours and mine. So if you've listened to the podcast any length of time, you, you know that I've been open and honest about bouts of depression that I've had, a couple of those in recent years, in my adult years. Well, the struggle is real. And if you travel in some of the circles I travel in, you know that's code for I'm struggling right now. The struggle is real is not a theoretical or philosophical discussion admitting that sometimes life is hard and we all have challenges. Okay, that's true. But when I say and when friends of mine say the struggle is real, here's what we mean. Right now is one of those difficult seasons. And for me personally, the struggle is real. It has been for several weeks now. But through faith in God, the love and support of my family, especially my precious wife, Gwen, and friends, 
I'm going through. I'm not taking up residence in the valley of despair. You can hear more about that in my conversation with Dr. Rick Rigsby when we talked about hope being a choice that we make. So I'm choosing to hope. Folks, that's keeping it real. Hopefully it's not too real for you, but it's important for me to honor the promise to keep it real. Now, let's dig into this episode of the podcast. I want to begin by sharing some interesting encounters, conversations, and responses to recent episodes of the podcast. And then I'm going to share some tweaks or what you might call a slight pivot we're making to the podcast, a purpose pivot. And I want to invite you to consider what is the power of purpose and how do you and me tap into the power of purpose for your business, life, and leadership. Now, I love it when something catalytic occurs. You know what I mean? Something sparks an idea or gets a conversation started and it kind of spreads. And honestly, I love being a catalyst and love it when something shared on this podcast sparks something in your heart or mind, wherever things spark for you. I want to share a couple of things that happened just three weeks ago with episode 29 or around episode 29 of the podcast. That episode aired the day before Valentine's Day. And I thought it would be fun, even a bit provocative, to talk about love in the workplace. Jeff Harmon, my guest for that episode, was a willing accomplice. I've known Jeff for several years now. In one of our planning conversations, when we're kicking around what we would discuss in an episode of the podcast, we started talking about love. And then I realized the timing of the conversation would work out perfectly to do that around Valentine's Day. That part was planned. What happened next was the catalytic part. Another friend, Marcel Schwantes, who listens to the podcast and writes for Inc. Magazine, was provoked that we didn't mince words as we talked about this. We didn't talk about compassion. No, we used the L word. We talked about love. And we advocated that love belongs in the workplace. And I'll take it so far as love is the foundation for effective leadership. So Marcel penned an article for Inc. and opened the post by referencing this podcast and the conversation I had with Jeff about love. If you're listening to the podcast because you found out of found out about us through that post, I'd love to know that. You can email me or call me. Information's at the end. But what happened next is one of the reasons I love social media. This is social media at its best. Someone who was a stranger to both Marcel and me, shared the post on LinkedIn and invited people into the conversation. And that stimulated additional lively conversations and even developed some new relationships through that. And some of those will probably be conversations you hear on the podcast in the months ahead. If you think love is out of place in the workplace, let me ask you a very pointed question. If you don't have love in the workplace, what do you have in the place of love? I want to assure you, something is filling that void. That, my friend, is a crucial question and one worth you pondering and us exploring. If you lock love out of the workplace, and trust me, there are loveless leaders who think love does not belong and they do their darndest to keep it out. Recall my conversation with Carrie Inge where where her boss told her, we don't use that word, love, here. If you don't allow love, what do you get in its place? Or another way to think about this, what is the opposite of love? Now, 
many people, you're tempted to jump to hate. Now, hate will be listed as an antonym for love in your dictionary. But hate is not what fills the void in in a heart or the workplace when love is locked out. What does? Fear. Have you ever worked at a place that propagated fear? I have. More than one, actually. But my first real sales job was one such place. Our vice president of sales loved intimidating and berating people. The more public the berating, the more he seemed to enjoy it. The abuse was frequent, loud, and humiliating. Yeah, I've been on the receiving end of that. And he enjoyed firing people. He told me so. You see, after I'd been there about six months, I was the third most tenured person in the company. And that was a clue that something was wrong. Right? I knew it was a bad sign of a toxic culture, and I began architecting my exit out of that toxic culture. But it took a while. I was a new father at the time. We we just had the birth of our second child, so I couldn't just quit. So I was architecting my exit, and I was immersed in this toxicity. Now, it was so bad that I believe he hired some people just because he envisioned the fun he would have firing them a few weeks or months later. If you got emotional while he was ripping into you, that was an invitation to go deeper, not let up. He would just press on and see how miserable he could make you. He told me of a tactic he learned and loved from a company that he used to work for. At the end of their new hire training, they would always fire at least one person simply to instill fear in everyone else and demonstrate their commitment to results and that you better be serious about making your quota because if you don't, you'll be next. So let me tell you, when someone suggests I go to my happy place, let me assure you, that's not where I go. That was a miserable time. Love and fear cannot coexist. Now, I need to repeat that. Love and fear cannot coexist. I assure you, this is not a new concept. John the Apostle wrote these words in the first century. Here's what he said. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Listen to how psychiatrist Elizabeth Kubler-Ross noted this distinction, and I'm quoting from her. There are only two emotions, love and fear. All positive emotions come from love, all negative emotions from fear. From love flows happiness, contentment, peace, and joy. From fear comes anger, hate, anxiety, and guilt. It's true that there are only two primary emotions, love and fear. But it's more accurate to say that there is only love or fear. For we cannot feel these two emotions together at exactly the same time. They're opposites. If we're in fear, we are not in a place of love. When we're in a place of love, we cannot be in a place of fear. End of quote. Isn't that amazing? Did you catch that? Kubler-Ross was saying the essential same thing that John the Apostle wrote in his little epistle. If you're in a place of fear, you're not in a place of love. And when you're in a place of love, you've kicked fear to the curb. And if you want to create an amazing culture in your organization and workplace, you'll do it by inviting love in 
and kicking fear out. Okay, so there's one other quick story I want to share related to love and the podcast. I was a guest on Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast with Danny Bauer. We recorded the episode last fall, and as we were recording, just out of curiosity, I I asked Danny, when would this podcast air? And he looks through his schedule, and he says, it's going to air February 12th. I said, hmm, Valentine's week. Let's talk about love and how love belongs in schools. Folks, neither Danny nor I had any idea of the tragedy that would strike Parkland, Florida on Valentine's Day. And our hearts go out to everyone affected by that incident. But the message of love belonging in schools, airing on that podcast the same week, really resonated with people. It got people engaged in conversations. We had a group of school counselors contact us and tell us they had listened to the podcast as a team. And they began talking about ways to show, to demonstrate love to their students in their school. Amy, a principal, tweeted to say that she loved the episode and closes her morning announcements telling the students and staff she loves them. I tweeted back and asked Amy if she had any stories to share. She provided two. One came from a teacher. And the teacher said, I was weirded out when you said I love you during announcements. At first, I haven't worked with anyone who had done that before. And then I really liked it and thought it was really powerful for the students. The second encounter came from a visit to a second grade classroom where a boy asked, and I quote, do you really love us like you say on the announcements? Amy replied, yes, I do. I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. With tears in his eyes, he said, I love you too. Every morning when I see him, he says, I love you. Now, friends, maybe you're like this first teacher that gets a little weirded out by this talk of love and the idea that love belongs in the workplace. It does. And I think we'll see more conversations about love belonging in the workplace in the days ahead. So thanks for letting me share some of the fun stuff we're celebrating regarding the podcast. This talk of workplace is a great segue to share the pivot we're making with the podcast. Actually, we've already begun making the shift, and I know some of you have noticed. Last week, I was catching up with Marcel, and he said, quote, Hey, from listening to recent episodes and looking at the titles, it seems you're focusing on purpose in the workplace, end quote. I said, actually, I am. And that's the slight pivot or refining of focus that we're making with this podcast. We're all about higher purpose, especially as it relates to business, life, and leadership. You know, I am just immensely curious about a lot of things related to purpose and the pursuit of purpose. I'm extremely interested in the intentional integration of purpose and business. And when you happen to add faith to the mix, now that's a trifecta that I find completely irresistible. So here are some of the things I wonder. I wonder what's different about businesses when they're grounded and founded in purpose. How does the pursuit of purpose cascade? And that's a key word and concept in my opinion. I've watched this in my work with servant leadership. How do you cascade that throughout the organization? How do you cascade the pursuit of purpose throughout the organization so that it informs and influences the practices of the organization? 
In other words, how does purpose permeate an organization? And unless purpose permeates the organization at every level, has that organization truly tapped into the power of purpose? So that gets me thinking about what difference does purpose make? In recent years, we've seen and we continue to see studies showing the benefits of purpose. Firms embracing purpose are more profitable. Perhaps you're familiar with the firms of endearment study. This study showed that purpose-driven firms outperformed the S&P 500 companies by 14 times. Firms of endearment, purpose-driven firms, also outperformed the good-to-great cohort of companies by 6 to 1. Other studies show that purpose-driven companies outperform their peers on a variety of metrics related to talent, including the attraction of talent, recruiting and retaining top talent, employee engagement, discretionary effort of their employees. As author Daniel Pink noted, quote, the most deeply motivated people, not to mention those who are productive and satisfied, hitch their desires to a cause larger than themselves. That's what we call higher purpose. Now, what all of this shows is that pursuing purpose is good for business. But that's not why you pursue purpose. These amazing benefits are the results of pursuing purpose. They're not the motivation for pursuing purpose. You pursue purpose because something deep inside you, what Viktor Frankl labeled the search for meaning, propels you to search for purpose. You pursue purpose because you want your life and your work to make a difference. Like me, you want to matter and you want what you do to matter. So purpose is powerful, profoundly so. How do you then tap into the power of purpose? Do you harness it? Do you unleash it? Yeah, these are things I wonder about. When I think of harnessing power, two images come to mind. The first comes from the world of horses, and perhaps you've heard this analogy before. I've seen it in many places. Today I'm quoting from Dave Ramsey in his book, Entree Leadership. One of, quote, one of the largest, strongest horses in the world is the Belgian draft horse. Competitions are held to see which horse can pull the most, and one Belgian horse can pull 8,000 pounds. The weird thing is if you put two Belgian horses in the harness who are strangers to each other, together they can pull between 20,000 and 24,000 pounds. Two can pull not twice as much as one, but three times as much as one. This example represents the power of synergy. However, if the two horses are raised and trained together, they learn to pull and think as one. The trained and therefore unified pair can pull 30,000 to 32,000 pounds, almost four times as much as a single horse, end of quotation. Isn't that amazing? That's one way to harness the power of purpose. You combine it. You unite it. You actually groom and grow it. You get people who are passionate about the same purpose, and you provide them the opportunity to pull together. And what can happen in that environment is simply amazing. Another example of harnessing power is what Nikolai Tesla did with Niagara Falls. 
You see, there is power latent in the falls, and the way Nikolai Tesla harnessed it did not change the nature of the falls. But by channeling the water from the Niagara River after it made its journeys, journey over the falls, 150,000 gallons of water pass over the falls every second. It's an amazing sight to behold if you've ever had that opportunity. The power was latent in the falls, but it was untapped until Tesla installed tunnels downstream from the falls that directed the water through a hydroelectric plant that that used the water to then generate power. In that sense, you can harness the power of purpose. You can direct the energy created through purpose and channel it in such a way to benefit from it, all done without changing the nature of purpose. So just as the tunnels redirected from the uh, water from the Niagara River into a plant, you can unite the power of purpose into an energy force for your community, your team, your, your organization. Tesla soon realized that the key challenge was not in creating the power, but in distributing it. And he created, I love the interesting word he used, he created transformers. That as a result of water passing through the transformers, it was converted into energy. Niagara Falls is the birthplace of the modern hydroelectric plant, and it's one of the world's leading sources of power, generating 4 million kilowatts of electricity. Isn't that amazing? So another question I've pondered about the nature of purpose. You know, do, do you harness it or do you unleash it? Is, is purpose something whose power you unleash? See, I believe purpose is resident in every person. But for the masses of people on the planet, it's idle. It's inactive. Once you awaken people to purpose and provide the opportunity for them to apply that purpose to their work once it's activated, then you're tapping into the power of purpose. So in the weeks ahead, I'm channeling this curiosity about purpose in the workplace and purpose in business through a series of conversations with business leaders and owners who have or are tapping into the power of purpose. And we're going to see what we discover And the goal is to learn lessons and and to learn concepts, principles, practices that you can put the purpose of power to work in your business. We've got some amazing guests already lined up and and we're working to identify others. I'm not looking to prove any set of principles or or validate a framework. I'm hoping to discover principles and practices that apply across a wide spectrum of business that are already at play. So it's going to be a fun series of conversations. Speaking of conversations, I want to share one of my favorite observations about conversation that comes from Susan Scott. Susan is the author of Fierce Conversation. So here's a quote from Susan. While no single conversation is guaranteed to change the trajectory of a career, a company, or relationship, or a life, any single conversation can. Isn't that amazing? No single conversation is guaranteed to change the trajectory of of your life or relationship, but any conversation can. Any one conversation. Don't ever underestimate the power of a single conversation. So I believe in the power and art of conversation. That's one reason I love podcasting. I love talking with people and exploring their experiences, ideas. 
I love that you get to listen into these conversations. And then I love it when, like yesterday, I engage in a one-on-one conversation with someone who listens to the podcast, and I get to hear what's on your mind and how you're interacting with the conversations we're having here. You know, things happen in conversation that just don't happen in isolation. And I love conversations that are so rich. They continue in my mind after the actual conversation has ended, long after. I hope that happens for you. And and I hope that I'm not the only one for whom words, ideas, phrases keep coming back long after the conversation has ended. I had one of those two weeks ago with my friend Kevin, and it's still resonating today. Thanks, Kevin. There you have it. What lies ahead for the Higher Purpose Podcast? If you know someone, or if you are someone who's tapping into the power of purpose in your workplace or work, and you have a story to share or know someone who has a story to share, please contact me. You can email me at kevin at higherpurposepodcast.com, or you can call me 678-744-5111. If you're looking to integrate purpose into your business, life, or leadership, let's talk. I'd love to see how we can help you on this amazing journey. Or if you also have questions that you'd love to see included in these upcoming conversations, please share those with me as well. I collect questions. I collect quotations. And I love it when when you get to share and help shape some of the conversations that are coming. Starting next week, you'll hear a brand new intro to the podcast, and we will continue this amazing journey. So until then, I want to encourage you, be passionate about the pursuit of purpose in business, life, and leadership. If you've connected with this episode and would like to learn more about servant leadership and practice the skills you need to serve your team, company, and community, go to ServantLeadershipYear.com and join the community. That's servantleadershipyear.com.